But as a job seeker, there's more than just one place that you're gonna flourish. And sometimes it's the place that you may not expect or think. So the advice that I would give a job seeker is, you need to have a list of a minimum of 10 places that you wanna work and always keep multiple balls at play. When you become hyper-focused on one opportunity, that really leads to disappointment or mismatch of expectations. This is Your Career GPS. The podcast designed to help teens, young adults, students, new graduates, and emerging professionals navigate their career journey. And your journey starts now. Welcome back to Your Career GPS podcast. You know, this is so exciting. We are now entering into our second year. We are just rounded the corner we accomplished our first year as a podcast, and I'm so excited about the journey ahead. And it was really, really great to be able to look back and really think about um, some of the amazing uh, episodes that we've had over the course of the last year and the incredible people that we've been able to meet. And, you know, we just really, really want to keep delivering on our promise of helping listeners navigate their career journey and find ways to reduce roadblocks, get great fuel efficiency, hit cruise control, and find that clear path to your destination. I'm really, really laying on this metaphor very thick today. <laughs> so in today's episode, we're rounding the corner and we're hitting the accelerator. We're tapping into what's going to make the journey ahead a high performance journey, right? Um, we're not just talking about just cruising along and thinking that everything is going to be easy and simplistic. Um, obviously, the last year and a half has taught us a lot that, that that's not going to be the case anymore. And um, we have an incredible guest speaker here today who knows all about tough journeys and not just living a tough journey, but also now being able to provide incredible insights and wisdom to job seekers who are navigating through that. So Cassie, can you introduce our guest today? Yes. Yeah, so excited to have Sarah Johnston with us today. Sarah is a former corporate recruiter and industry insider who got tired of seeing talented high achievers get passed over for opportunities because they did not know how to position themselves effectively. She's been featured in Inc., BBC, and Business Insider. Sarah was named a LinkedIn top voice in 2019 and a top to follow by JobScan in 2019 and 2020. Sarah, welcome to your Career GPS podcast. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Sir, we are absolutely delighted. This has been a long time coming. You have been on my list for a long time, and I'm so glad that we finally made it happen. One of the things that I was really, really interested in talking to you about um, was a little bit of a deeper dive into your journey, into your background. Um, I was really fascinated when I learned about how you entered into the job market as a young college grad thinking that you did everything right you know you um you know you went to a, a great university you got the degree you graduated top of your class or near top of the class and, and you thought that you were following the the recipe for success and you realized hey man that just <laughs> it just wasn't wasn't it and um, you went through some turbulent times i was really kind of uh hoping that you could tell us a little bit about what that what that journey was like for you and then, you know, how that has contributed to what you do now. Thanks. That's a great question. So I grew up in a small town in Georgia and the 
the message that was preached to me really early on was if you work hard, if you get good grades, and if you do all these things, you will get a good job. And so that like good job carrot was really dangled out in front of me for a long time. And so I was just a worker bee. I was, you know, student body, whatever in high school and went on to college and was very, very involved in campus. I had a two page resume as a college student because I had so many like activities that I was like social chair, president of, you know, all the things. And then when it came time to graduation, um, it, it wasn't as easy for me to find a job as I had thought that it would be. And I, I, I did get a role with a company that was a great fit. It was a great opportunity right out of school. But then a year later, my husband, um, who I, I got married a year out of school, he went to graduate school in another location. And that had to move for his graduate school. And that was around 2008 during the, you know, the downturn in the economy. We moved to a smaller market from Atlanta, Georgia to Augusta, Georgia, and no one was hiring. So even though I had this, you know, great two-page resume as a 22-year-old, I could not find a job. I was applying literally everywhere, everywhere that I could possibly think of. I was one of those candidates that like put in 100 applications and it was so demoralizing and depressing. And I, I remember feeling at 22, like my career future was over and that I was just done and that there was there was no hope for my career. Um, but looking back now, it, it's just kind of funny. And for job seekers, for students, for young professionals listening to this, my big takeaway from that moment is that your career, your life is not defined by one season. Your career is a journey. And every single opportunity, every single experience that you have builds on the next one. And so I took a job, you know, in Augusta, Georgia, that wasn't a great job. It was it just paid the bills. It was just very okay. But I learned a lot in that role that I take with me now today as a career coach and as an entrepreneur and business owner. I think that's such an important story for people to hear about, you know, that your career isn't just this like one linear type of thing, but it is this journey and it has these twists and turns and they can really kind of benefit you in the long run if you're looking at what you gained from that experience and what you learned and all of that. So I think that's such an important message. And, you know, through your experiences with hiring and then into your career now, working as a career coach and helping other people navigate this, you've you've obviously learned a lot about like the recruiter lens of things. So what really makes a job seeker's message resonate? And how can applicants, if any of our listeners are like, I'm sending out 100 applications, how can they stand out amongst the other applications that people are submitting? This is such a great question. I think the first thing that a job seeker needs to do is that they need to look at the lens of the other person. What is that other person actually looking for in a candidate? What are their pain points and what are they listening for? I just did an interview coaching session this week with just an incredible candidate. She checked all the boxes, did all the right things, but she wasn't moving past the first interview. And so that's why she reached out to me. And we did this session together and I listened to her answers and I said, okay, so these are, these are good answers. What you're telling me sounds great, but this isn't what they're listening for. This isn't what the hiring manager is, is listening for. What, 
And, and so we went backwards. We went to what are their pain points? What do they care about? And then let's work and, and readdress your questions, re-answer the questions to address those pain points. The other thing that I would tell a job seeker is, and I, and I know that this is cliche advice, but people don't take it. And you know, job seekers who actually do this will stand out in a job search is you've got to customize your documents and personalize them. A lot of job seekers, and I'm raising my hand because I did this when I was 22 years old. I just sent a hundred resumes out and I didn't customize my cover letters. And I just applied for every role, even if I wasn't a good fit for it because it was an opening. But you've got to sit down and really ask yourself, what kind of roles would I be a good fit for? Who's hiring people like me? Who are the hiring managers for these opportunities and roles? And write custom, personalized, just thoughtful messages to those individuals to try to get informational interviews or to try to get on their radar. The more targeted and personal you can be in your communication, the more you're going to stand out because majority, 99% of people aren't doing that. Wow. I, I really love that message. I, I think if I could put a word on it, I would say empathy. Um, if it's if it's possible to really, really activate empathy as you're going through this, which is not something that we typically would associate with job search, you know, but it's really being able to kind of think about what what is it that they really want and having a, a value and appreciation for their needs and trying to target and communicate that message a little bit. One of the things that I wanted to ask you about on that point is sometimes doing it, doing it online or doing it in written form uh, through a resume, through a cover letter or your LinkedIn profile, not the easiest for people. Um, it's not always the, you know, the, the things that maybe fall in a person's wheelhouse really well. So how can uh, job seekers really convey their value in those, those documents in written form a little bit stronger? That's a great question. There's a well, first of all, the fact that you have Google at your fingertips today is just really incredible. I mean, you can go on YouTube and you can watch a tutorial from me or from many other career coaches who will walk you through how to write a great resume. I think that can be beneficial for job seekers. But if you're new to writing a resume, the number one thing that I would tell you is first, get a good template yourself. If you're a new graduate, get a great ATS friendly template. It will save you time and it will help you um, craft a document that's easy to read. So the second thing I want you to do is get a job description, the job description that you want, and look at the job description. What's the title? What are they really looking for in the candidate? Go through the requirements section and treat each requirement as if it were a behavioral interview question and ask yourself, tell me about a time you did this and then say the answer, write down the answer and then look at the result of that answer, the result of what you did, and then take that result and create a bullet point using that result, lead with the number and the value. A big, big kind of um, misstep that I see a lot of job seekers make is that they create bullet points on a resume that read like a job description and they just said responsible for blah 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 instead i want to see some numbers and value how did you impact the business and the bottom line that's a great message yeah i think that's so important to think about how you're describing yourself and the tasks and projects that you work on in a role 
in a really effective way, because that is whatever job you're applying for. That's kind of their first insight into who you are and what you you bring to the table. So I really love that message about, you know, focusing on that result and not just reiterating the tasks like they would be in a job description. Exactly. In addition to kind of sharing with an employer through your application, like what you've done, what skills you bring to the table, we hear a lot about the importance of kind of showcasing and demonstrating enthusiasm for the role and for the company and and kind of showcasing that you know something about what the organization does. So can you talk a little bit about how an applicant could do that effectively and maybe not in a like just to do it for the sake of, of doing it type of way? I think you have to think about it from the lens of how will this information that you find online impact the department or role that you're in. So if you, let's say you're going for a job at Target and you want to work for Target Corporation, if you go online and you Google Target and you look at news articles, you may find 100,000 news articles. But instead, you want to look at things from the lens of how will this impact me and the role that I'm applying for and ask thoughtful questions that relate to that. You also could go on LinkedIn and do a search of public information of the people that you might be working with in that department and look at people's backgrounds, where they worked before, the types of projects that they've taken on. Anything that's public information is fair game in terms of asking thoughtful questions around. You don't want to go digging onto their Instagram page or their Facebook page and ask them questions about their family beach trip or you know their time in Disney World. But if it's public on LinkedIn, you can absolutely ask about it. Yeah, I, I think you really you really nailed a, an amazing point there. Um, one of the things that I think that I'm I'm very very curious about is where this fine line exists between having a great deal of enthusiasm for a position and a point where you're maybe just over overreaching a little bit, particularly from that recruiter lens, because they get messages constantly. They get such an influx of individuals asking about positions and asking about opportunities and, and so forth. And I'm sure they, they, they get flooded. So where does that line sit where you can, you can um, kind of be strategic, you can communicate a great message about what you can bring or your value without without being annoying. <laughs> I think it comes down to always having multiple balls at play. You know, when I going back to my experience as a new grad, I, I think one of the biggest missteps that I made is I honed in on one company and like became obsessed with wanting to work for that one particular company and like made just dozens of contacts at that company, like stalked their company website for every time a position got posted and just only wanted to work there because I, I saw that that is like the only opportunity for me. But as a job seeker, there's more than just one place that you're going to flourish. And sometimes it's the place that you may not expect or think. So the advice that I would give a job seeker is you need to have a list of a minimum of 10 places that you want to work and always keep multiple balls at play. When you become hyper-focused on one opportunity, that really leads to disappointment or mismatch of expectations. But if you can focus on you know, five or six or seven different opportunities at once, then you really risk or you you minimize that, that chance of disappointment and, and open yourself up to um, possibilities that you didn't think were possible absolutely love about what you just said was the simple fact that it's not 
a black and white kind of a thing. It, it's really about being able to find possibilities and find these areas of gray. And that's uh, actually one of the things that Cassie and I talked about in a previous episode was so really getting out of this this linear thinking that this major equals this career. If you do this, you're going to get this and it's going to be that simple. And, and that really doesn't exist, but, but keeping yourself open to those possibilities and having a, a plethora of, of different opportunities available is such a great tactic for around that. I love it. And, and I've talked to just dozens, if not hundreds of job seekers. And I think for a lot of new graduates, there's this misconception that you have to work for a brand name. People really value working for companies like Google or Facebook or Amazon. But the reality is, based on talking to job seekers, that it's often the job seekers that work for a startup or a smaller company or company that's on the rise that get the best experience, make the most money and have the best future opportunities and potential. So that's why it's it's so important to build out a target company list of these blue chip companies like Amazon and Facebook, but also look at some companies that you know may not be on the top places to work list. I think that's so so important to kind of have a wider range of of companies and to also think about this kind of part of the long game, right? That it's not just this job search right now, but that list of companies that you're interested in and kind of having those multiple balls in the air like you were talking about means that a year from now or five years from now or whenever, if you still kind of have those balls in play, then maybe there is an opening at one of those bigger companies down the line, or or maybe that startup is hiring a lot or something. So kind of thinking about it from that perspective too, that in a year or two or however long, maybe you're ready for a new job or maybe the right opportunity at one of those other companies is suddenly available. And kind of thinking about it that way, I think can be really effective and being open to you know, multiple things kind of at play at once is a good way to approach it. Absolutely. A lot of the students and young professionals that Brad and I work with seem to have a lot of kind of misconceptions about recruiters, what recruiters do, what they respond to. And I I think even just kind of seeing some of the information that's shared across all social media, I don't think this is particular to students or young professionals at all. But can you address any of these common misconceptions and can you share with our listeners ways to kind of increase their confidence when it comes to reaching out to recruiters and really utilizing them as part of their job search? I think the first thing that a, a new graduate or early professional needs to understand is how a recruiter gets paid. And this is a common misconception that I'm even dealing with with executives. So you've got in-house recruiters and this is a recruiter who may work for that Google or Facebook, and they are paid by Google or Facebook. And their primary job is to source candidates, interview candidates, and, and make hires for the company. And their, their employer is that company, not you. And so they're working to meet the company's goals and the company's objectives. That individual recruiter may have 20 to 45 jobs at a time that they're recruiting for, and every single job that they're recruiting for may have between 50 and 300 applicants that apply for every single role. So from a job seeker standpoint, this person is potentially at any given time dealing with over a thousand applicants. 
So they're busy, their plates are full, and they are trying to fill positions in 45 days or less because that is the typical time to fill. So they don't have a lot of time to give you feedback on your answers, to give you personalized you know, support and help. The other type of recruiter is that third party recruiter. And this is a recruiter who works for a company like Ronstad or um, now I'm blanking on all the names, but these individuals are paid a percentage of the first year salary of a candidate. So maybe they're helping support an Amazon or Google fill a role that's a difficult to fill role, maybe a software engineering position. And in return for filling that position, Google or Amazon will give this third-party recruiter between 15 and 35% of the first year salary. So this individual is very motivated to get a big pipeline of candidates and to try to find the very best person so that they can get that commission from the company. The recruiter is a very valuable um, person in the job search process, but they're the gatekeeper. Their job is to find the best candidates to present to the hiring manager. Now, some recruiters are just candidate advocates and love helping job seekers and are, are amazing. And I think if they had more time in their day, they would probably spend you know five more hours mentoring and supporting job seekers. And I left recruiting because I loved doing that. I wanted to support the job seeker, but that's not how they get paid. So as a job seeker listening to this message, the advice that I would tell you is that recruiters can be your friend in the job search. Recruiters can absolutely look at your resume and maybe give you some advice around departments that you can apply to, but they're not going to edit your resume. They're not going to really hold your hand in the job search process and walk you to the hiring managers and tell you which ones you need to be navigating. They're not, their job is not to find you a job. The other piece of advice that I would tell one of your listeners is to not be afraid of reaching out directly to the hiring manager. If you feel like you are an absolute fit for the role, there aren't a lot of job seekers that reach out to the hiring manager there are a lot of job seekers that will reach out to the recruiter. And so if you want to bypass the recruiter, consider a very thoughtful, personalized message to the hiring manager or get an introduction. Wow, that was that was amazing uh, because I think so many of the things that you, you talked about are very, very common misconceptions about, you know, this is the person that I need to talk to and this is the person who's going to advocate on my behalf uh, just because I've got a great pitch. And, and as you said, I mean, they're just strapped. They're really, really strapped. Um, they, they are juggling all these different balls at the same time. And, and it's just a lot to do. And so their, their stakeholders are really uh, to the organizations that they work for. And so I, I think that that's a really, really great message. And, a, and, a, and it really pulls us back to the, the main theme here, which is you, you only get you know, so much real estate, so much time to be able to stand out and to be able to do things in a way that's going to really, really enhance your candidacy. One of the things, uh, one of those opportunities is the interview. When you get to that point and maybe you've, you've been doing it right, you've, you've been successful up until this point, and now you have the opportunity to get in front of them and, you know, really deliver a great message about your value. And this is one of your specialties is talking about interviewing. 
you've had a chance to see it in all three phases. You've you've been the <laughs> discouraged job seeker who's been out there trying to do it. You've been in the the position where you've conducted interviews, and now you're in the position of coaching people on interviews. So what's really the difference between just a mediocre average interview and one that's really, really going to make an impact and, and get them to the next round of interviews or even hired? It all goes back to thinking about who your target audience is. When you can take your message and tailor it to your target audience, it will resonate so much more. And the other thing that I tell people is stories are powerful. And when you can start with a story, give them a hook, draw the reader in, they're going to remember you a lot more than if you just like regurgitate your resume. They've got your resume. They can read your resume. But if you can tell them a story, they'll remember you a lot more. I love that advice. I once heard at a conference someone say there's a story behind every bullet point. And I think that's such a a good piece of advice if people are kind of listening and like, well, what stories do I have? Every bullet point that's on your resume, there's at least one, if not many stories of times that you actually did that thing or experienced that thing that you're highlighting, used that skill. Um, so I, I love starting with a story. I know Brad and I are big storytellers. We could probably go on and <laughs> on and on. Um, but Sarah, you provided so much good information for our listeners today. And as we kind of start to wrap up, can you share either the best piece of advice you've ever been given related to your career or um, the most valuable piece of career advice that you could pass along to our listeners? So one thing I hit on earlier is that your job, your career is not a sprint. There is not a gold medal for getting that vice president job at 27. I mean, your job is, a, your, your career is a journey. And every year you learn more about yourself and learn more about your values and your passions. And your career may change over time. I love um, Helen Tuper. She's based in the UK. She wrote a book called Squiggly Careers. And I think as we look at Gen Z, many of this new generation will have very squiggly careers. And that is absolutely okay. And then the, the last thing I'll say is, and this is going to make me sound like such an old fuddy-duddy. And I'm speaking to myself as well. <laughs> but I live in a college town. And I, I live really close to UNC's campus, University of North Carolina's campus. And every time I drive by the bus stop, this is what I see. This is what students are doing. And I, I am just sad for students who are looking on their phones the whole time they're at the bus stop. Because, I mean, when I was a college student, I probably got asked out on five dates at the bus stop. And I made a lot of friends at the bus stop. And I learned about all the good you know, campus news and what was going on on campus on the bus stop. And so my advice would be to just spend some time looking around, making conversation on the, the bus as a college student. Those peers, those relationships that you can make right there in person could be great future contacts for you when you are job searching. There's so many different things that you, that you mentioned in that that really, really hit home with me. Obviously, the first part about squiggly careers. I mean, I, Cassie and I have have talked at length about how we, in our work with college students, we talk so often about how um, they're not linear, and right. um, there's this old traditional thought that still circulates because the 
the Gen Zs that we work with, their parents are Gen X <laughs> and things were a little bit easier. Um, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say easier. I would say it's a little more simplistic, but we just don't live in, in that type of environment anymore where, you know, you, you go to school, you get this degree, you enter into this job and then you might sustain there for, for an extended period of time. So I really, really appreciate that fact because it really hits home what we try to educate uh, on, which is adaptability um, and, and remaining versatile and being open to new opportunities. The other thing that really, really struck me, I, I, <laughs> I could not stop laughing. I have not heard the word fuddy-duddy in so long, but I love it. I love it. <laughs> that made my day. Um, but, um, but you're so right. You're absolutely right. Those are you know, every opportunity that you have to start a conversation could land that next job, could be a lead into a new role, could be an opportunity. Um, and I, I look back at every position that I've ever had is it's, it's come through those chance meetings uh, often. And so, um, so, you know, you nailed an important point. So everything that you said was just 100% on point. And, and we learned so much today about really how to how to take somebody's game and up it to high performance and, and really, really maximize their potential and not just be not just go through the motions, but to really be an effective, uh, effective job seekers. They're starting out. One of the things that we just had to make sure that we close on today, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that um, Sarah Johnston has started a new venture called Job Search Journey. Just launched last week. Uh, it, it's such an extraordinary project, and I was hoping you could just you know, plug it for a couple of minutes. Thank you. I appreciate this. So I, I work primarily with executives um, as a private practice. I run a business called The Briefcase Coach, but I realized that there was a, a market gap between people who can afford executive job search support and then people who want to Google something and get a free document offline. And so there's this opportunity gap. And I met two other executive career coaches who I respect and admire. And we got together on LinkedIn online and became friends through the internet and put our heads together. And we put together this, this e-marketplace called Job Search Journey. And we launched last week. And this is an opportunity for job seekers to purchase highly, just like very, very quality job search tools and templates and resume templates from vetted career experts that we know and that we trust. And um, I'm looking at you, Brad and Cassie. I hope that you'll create some some templates and tools for our marketplace <laughs> in the future. But um, the, this is a platform that we hope that job seekers can go to to find affordable content to help catapult their careers. Yeah, it's an absolute treasure trove. Um, just uh, did some poking around on it the other day. And uh, such an, uh, such a great resource. And like you said, so incredibly needed. One of the things that uh, we have to do as we close out today is I, I'm sure people are going to want to get contacted with you and, and, and follow you if they're not already, um, <laughs> <laughs> because you have quite a following. So, but if they aren't, uh, where can they find you? I'd love for them to find me on LinkedIn. I'm Sarah Johnston. And I'm also, they can go to my website, briefcasecoach.com or my new venture, jobsearchjourney.com. Awesome. Well, definitely everyone go follow Sarah everywhere. I'm sure we will link it on our social media as well and in the show notes. Um, Sarah, can't thank you enough for being with us today. Just really valuable content. And I think so much good insight into 
really ramping up a job search and doing it effectively um, and providing a lot of good understanding for our listeners about the ins and outs of recruiting and interviewing and all of that. So thank you so much for being here. It was so fun. Thank you for having me. Awesome. To our listeners, uh, please don't forget to like and follow and subscribe wherever you're listening to us right now. Um, if you have a chance, also drop us a review. And uh, now that we're in year two, we're, you know, we're trying to be higher performers too. So uh, drop us a review, share this wherever you're listening, share it with your friends or whoever you know that's uh, job searching right now. And reach out to us if you have any other questions. This is your career GPS and your journey awaits. 